Yeah, this morning um, I carried on part two of our Acts series, The Message and the Mission. And I'm going to carry on a little bit of that tonight and just parts of it. So if you weren't there, I'd encourage you to listen to it because I think it's helpful as we carry on with the series in the morning. But I think it also adds a bedrock to what I'm going to talk to you about tonight and add some more foundational stuff as well in there. Um, so yeah, I would encourage you to listen like Paul says. But just a small recap for those of you who weren't, weren't there. I just talked about how when, when Jesus left, he left the promise of the Holy Spirit coming. And it wasn't a new promise, it was a promise that had echoed throughout the Old and the New Testament before Jesus went up to heaven. Um, and from that scripture in Acts 1, I pointed out three things. One, that it's important to wait, the disciples had to wait for the Holy Spirit, and how important it is that waiting is in our lives, although at times we don't always enjoy it. The second thing I looked at is that the Holy Spirit was coming to bring something greater. And that's what I'm believing for, for you tonight, that there's something greater for you tonight, that God wants to take you no matter what experience you've had before or where you find yourself, that God has got something greater for you tonight than where you've been. And the third thing I talked about is that it was a personal promise. And Steffi spoke of it a little bit tonight, that that personal promise is there for each and every one of us. That promise of the Holy Spirit is there for you and is there for me. And sometimes there are things that get in the way. Doubt gets in the way, doubting that really me. Fear gets in the way, fearing that God really loves us, fearing that the Holy Spirit's really for us, fearing what is the Holy Spirit going to do, you never do know. And I don't quite like that because I'm a control freak. And inadequacy gets in the way, thinking, you know, God doesn't really want me. God doesn't really want to give his spirit to me. And there are the three things that I touched on, and there are many more, I'm sure, but three of the things that I touched on this morning of reasons why the Holy Spirit doesn't often get to walk closer with us because we're afraid, because we doubt, because of inadequacies in our lives. And I believe that if we can break those things, then we can go on a closer walk. And you may have listened this morning and you may know an awful lot about the Holy Spirit or you may not know very much at all. So I'm just sort of going to do a whistle top stop tour of the whole Bible because I just thought that would help. Um, so fasten your seatbelts, we're going quickly. <laughs> but I just thought it's really good to look at who the Holy Spirit is in the Bible. And I want to read you a quote before we start by Anselm of Canterbury. And it says this, I think it's on the screen. I believe in order that I might understand. You know, so often with the Holy Spirit, maybe it's just me, I don't know, but I think we try and understand. What is the Holy Spirit doing? What are these gifts? What are these, what are these fruits of the Spirit? What are these people when they speak in tongues? And what are all these things? And I'm trying to work it all out in my head and understand it all. Yet I love this quote and that it says, I believe in order that I might understand. Sometimes we need to believe and accept that the Holy Spirit is there and the Holy Spirit wants to work in your life and do these amazing things in your life, give you these gifts, gives you this fruit, because out of that, understanding comes. And I think sometimes we can so often try and understand before we believe and trust to let the Holy Spirit in and do something in our lives. And this evening, I want to challenge your thinking 
this evening, let's consider to believe that the Holy Spirit is there and ready and willing to work in our lives tonight, ready and willing to do something amazing in our lives tonight, ready and willing to take us on a daily journey from this point if we're willing to believe so that we will then understand. And some things we just don't understand because God is so big and vast and wide and my brain is just, yeah, And I think if I had the greatest brain in this world that this world had ever seen intellectually and whatever else, it would still be in comparison to God and everything he knows. Just, I just can't quite catch it, God. Because God is the creator and is amazing and is so big. So this evening, let me challenge your thinking. Let us believe that we may understand. So let's look at the Holy Spirit in the Bible. And throughout the Bible, you see the Holy Spirit described as many different things. And I think that can add at times to the confusion. We see him described as water. We see him described as fire. We see him described as a guarantee. We see him described as a seal, a dove, rain, oil, wind. There's probably more. And all of these things come to try and help us to understand the the nature and the character of who he is. That is water, he is there and he's essential for your life. Is fire that he can come in and bring, bring a cleansing that nothing else can. That is a guarantee, is there to guarantee that promise, guarantee that you are a son, that you are a daughter. Is that seal, he is there to be the seal and say, you are God's child, the end. Regardless of your sin, regardless of your past, regardless of your future, the end, I seal it, you are God's child. Is there is that dove that we see that comes down on Jesus at his baptism. Is there is a rain of refreshing. Is there of oil that comes to anoint and to bring healing. Is there is, is the wind that just goes where it pleases and who knows. But it's moving and it causes things to happen. The Holy Spirit is so multifaceted I think we struggle to understand so we perhaps think well I'll just leave that one to the side because I can't quite get my head around it but when we go through the Bible from the beginning in Genesis we see in Genesis 1 1 to 2 in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth now the earth was formless and empty darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters at the beginning The Holy Spirit was there. At the creation of all things, the Holy Spirit was there. And then have we got the next one, Baz, from Genesis? Genesis 2 says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils in the breath of life, and the man became a living thing. That breath that was breathed was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was there He was the giver of new life. He breathed it in at the beginning of all things. And then we see as the Old Testament goes on that the Holy Spirit spoke through the prophets, through Ezekiel, through Jeremiah, through Isaiah. That we see him anointing kings like Saul and, and King David and Solomon. That he anoints them for the task at hand. That we see him resting on certain individuals when they go towards a task. People like Gideon, 
the Holy Spirit came and moved in the Old Testament, touched people's lives individually and for a season and for a specific time and for the things that they did. Then we get to the New Testament. Let's have a look. In Luke 1, it's talking about John the Baptist. It says, he will be a great man in the Lord's sight. He must not drink any wine or strong drink. From this, his very birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then we go on again for the next one. The angel answered. This is the angel talking to Mary, telling her that she's going to have a son. The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God. We see the Holy Spirit at the beginning of all things in Genesis coming and bringing life to creation and breathing life into Adam. Then we see him again as the second Adam, as Jesus comes to restore and renew all things. We see him there again coming to breathe that life in, breathe something new, breathe a new breath into the creation, into the direction that the world has gone on to. Let's look at the next one, Baz. Then Elizabeth, this is, this is John the Baptist's mother. Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting. The baby leapt within her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sort of dotted up and down in the Old Testament. He's popped up occasionally. And then all of a sudden, we hit the New Testament. Jesus is about to be born and he's just all over it. Let's go for the next one. His father, this is John the Baptist's father, his father, Zachariah, was filled with the Spirit and prophesied. And then he goes on to say what John will do. Is there one more? Oh, there is as well. John 3, it says, Jesus answered, very, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water. And we talked about this this morning, water and the Spirit. Flesh give birth to flesh, but the Spirit give birth to the Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind, the Holy Spirit, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear the sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with anyone who is born by the Spirit. We see that Jesus, even in himself, is keen that people understand the Holy Spirit, that they understand the nature of it and what's going on. Then as we go through the New Testament, we see the Holy Spirit came and rested on Jesus after his baptism and stayed with him. And then as Paul's going to be speaking about next Sunday morning, we got Pentecost. And from that moment in Pentecost, the Holy Spirit didn't come and go and come and go and anoint certain people, but the Holy Spirit came and to stay. And that's what I talked about this morning, that promise for everybody, that the Holy Spirit is there for every single person, for all and whoever and everybody. He's, he was the bedrock and the consistency in the, new, in, the, in the early church. He was the thing that held the early church together. Without the Holy Spirit, the early church, oh my goodness, I'm losing myself. Without the Holy Spirit, the early church would have really struggled to keep going through the persecution and through everything that they went through. But with the Holy Spirit, with that bedrock, with that consistency, they kept going, they pushed through and they persevered. And as we look through Acts over the next few weeks, you'll see the Holy Spirit continue to move and move and do the miraculous and change people's lives 
so that this world was changed, so that we find ourselves here today seeking him still. And then it goes on. We see, is, we see in Galatians 5, it'll come up on the screen, talking about the fruit of the Spirit. I don't know about you, but I find these things hard. Loving, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, self-control. They're not easy things to be full of and great at. So maybe some of us are really good at like one or two of them just naturally. But otherwise, some of these things can be really hard to grow in your life. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. Then we go on and look at the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, Romans 12 and 1 Peter 4 talk about the different gifts that are available from the Spirit. And I'm going to read them to you. It says there's wisdom, there's knowledge, there's faith, there's healing, there's miracles, there's prophecy, there's discerning of spirits, there's tongue, there's interpretations, there's the gift of the apostle, the gift of prophets, the gift of teachers, the gift of miracles, the gift of healing, the gift of guidance, the gift of tongues again, the gift of service, the gift of serving again, the gift of teaching, the gift of encouraging, the gift of giving, the gift of leading, the gift of mercy and the gift of hospitality. And I'm sure I've missed some. But those were all the ones I found in just them four scriptures. The Holy Spirit is full of good gifts for our lives to help and equip us in our own personal lives. But as we look and support one another. And the Bible is full of the Holy Spirit. And he was there at the beginning in Genesis. And he's there at the end in Revelation 22, 17. Sorry, Baz, I'm jumping about says, the spirit and the bride say, come. Everyone who hears this must also say, come. Come, whoever is thirsty. Accept the water, the Holy Spirit of life as a gift. Whoever wants it. The question I've got for you tonight is, do you want it? Do you want that living water that can come and refresh and restore and heal and bring all of those things we've talked about into your life. So who is the Holy Spirit for us today? We've seen him through the Bible. We've seen what he did from Genesis to Revelation extremely quickly. But we've seen him there. So who is he for us today? And it comes down to this, I believe. And this is the first thing I want to say to you, my first point. Knowing the Holy Spirit as an experience versus knowing the Holy Spirit as a person. You know, and, and experiences aren't bad things. So don't get me wrong as I talk through this now. Experiences can change the direction of our lives. Experiences can create great memories. Sometimes they can create bad memories, but they create things within us. Experiences can have a lasting effect on us that lasts our whole lives long. Experiences can be just a one-off thing that transforms us. And the dictionary definition of an experience is this, an event or occurrence which leaves an impression on someone. You may have had an experience of the Holy Spirit. You may not have. You may be thinking, oh, I don't actually know what you're talking about. But you may, done, you may have done, you may have done Alpha and done the Holy Spirit Day. You may have, have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. You may have spoken in tongues. You may have operated in some of those gifts that I've talked about. 
You may have had prayer and the Holy Spirit's touched your life. You may have been prompted by the Holy Spirit to do something or to say something, to encourage someone, to give something. But the Holy Spirit is there and is an experience. There is an experience that happens with the Holy Spirit as you relate to him. But experience is the first step very often that we have with the Holy Spirit. And for some people, it can be the only step that they ever take. They'll come to a meeting and experience the Holy Spirit. They'll go to a small group. They'll go and ask for prayer and experience the Holy Spirit and think, oh, that I feel so much better. That's really helped me. That's changed my life. That's changed my perspective. I've, I'm healed. I'm restored. I'm set free. But then they go back away from the experience and feel lost again until they come back and experience the Holy Spirit again. That experience can be a first step, it can be a second step, it can move us on, but it needn't and it shouldn't be the only step that we ever have. Our understanding of the Holy Spirit needs and must change if that is the only understanding that we have of him. Because the Holy Spirit is a person who wants to relate with you, who wants to walk with you, and who wants to be a part of your everyday life. He doesn't just want to be an experience when you come to church or when you meet with other Christians. He doesn't just want to be that warm, fuzzy feeling that you get in the worship and think, oh, I feel good after being at church. He wants to be there with you through the thick and the thin, through the good and the bad, walking with you every step of the way. And this evening, I want, I want each and every one of you to go away not having an experience, but go away taking the Spirit of God with you as you walk into your next week. And you know, I touched on this slightly this morning. But so often we, we perhaps know about the Holy Spirit and know that when people pray for us that we feel like we've been touched by the Holy Spirit or we've been healed or we've been set free. Many of these things. But it's like we have him on standby in our lives. He's plugged in the little red lights on so you know it's ready to go when you press it on the remote. But actually, what use is it? Some of you know I, I wear a hearing aid. I have issues with one of my ears. And the other day I had it in and I'd taken it off and I can't actually remember why. And I'd put it back on. But it had got caught in my hair. And, and it had flicked the bottom where the battery is, so it actually wasn't on. And all day I was thinking, I think my hearing's getting worse. <sighs> Can't hear anything anyone's saying to me. And then when I took it off later, I was like, oh, the bottom's open. So I'd worn the thing all day. I'd taken it everywhere with me all day long, and it had been of absolutely no use whatsoever. And sometimes the Holy Spirit can be like that. We know about the Holy Spirit. We know he's there. We say, oh, yes, Holy Spirit, come with me. But actually, we're not actually tuned into him and allow him to speak into our lives, to guide us and to help us in the day-to-day. -day. We have the Holy Spirit on standby in our lives and don't allow him to speak in and guide in everything that we do. It's about relationship. And, you know, sometimes we can refer to the Holy Spirit as it or that or thing but the Holy Spirit is a person and we know the Holy Spirit's a person because he's got a personality. Acts 15 28 talks about the Holy Spirit thinking. Acts 1 16 says the Holy Spirit speaks. Romans 8 14 says the Holy Spirit leads. 
Ephesians 4.30 says the Holy Spirit can be grieved. That sounds like a person to me. And that person is here with us tonight. That person wants to relate to you and walk with you on your day-to-day basis. I said this morning, so often we can look back and think, Jesus was 2,000 years ago. And people can think, well, what is the point of it for you now? Why Your religion is based on something 2,000 years ago, but actually our religion is true and alive today because the Holy Spirit walks with us and journeys with us and wants to relate to you on a daily basis, wants to talk to you, wants to lead you, wants to guide you, wants to help you and encourage you, wants to be your comforter on a daily basis. Luke 48, sorry, Luke 24, 49 says, but they urged him strongly, stay away from us for it is nearly evening. That's not the scripture that I wanted. I've given you the wrong one, Baz. That's my fault. I'm not sure what it is because I haven't got it written down. But it taught, it was when Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit coming in power. And that as the Holy Spirit came, we would be clothed in power from it. The Holy Spirit sometimes can be noisy. The Holy Spirit sometimes can be disruptive. And we can think, what's going on? I don't understand. I don't understand what's happening in that person's life and why they're crying. I don't understand what's, what's going on over there. I don't understand maybe in prayer ministry, what is going on? But it was the noisy and disruptive Holy Spirit that came on the day of Pentecost that transformed the upper room where tongues of fire came, where disciples spoke. Oh yeah, thanks Baz. Luke 24, 49, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And when the Holy Spirit came and clothed them with power from on high, it transformed them. They were people who shook the world. And yes, they were disruptive. They disrupted the whole world. They transformed the whole world. They changed everything, including themselves. But the Holy Spirit came. And he changed people who were fearful into radicals who could preach And heal the sick and raise the dead because his power was within them. And that same power is available for us today. That same person who stood with those disciples and equipped and empowered them is there for us today to help us to change and transform not only our lives, but the world around us. And the most beautiful part of it is that he never leaves us or forsakes us, that he empowers us, that he equips us, that he guides and comforts us through it all. So knowing the Holy Spirit is an experience versus knowing the Holy Spirit as a person, for me, is a no-brainer. The Holy Spirit, yes, we have experiences of him, but he is that person who wants to walk and talk with you every single day and I want to encourage you to begin if you never have before to look at him in that way the next thing I want to say to you tonight I want to read you a quote by Archibald Brown actually Baz if we can do that thank you it says oh how important is a partnership with the senior partner 
the Holy Spirit. Without his partnership, no life of faith or evangelical work has value. The Holy Spirit is there and he wants to be the senior partner in your life. The question is, is are you willing to have a partner in your life? Do you want a silent partner in your life? Or do you want a senior partner where the Holy Spirit can guide you, can comfort you, can encourage you, can whisper those words of wisdom, can give you knowledge and wisdom and understanding in areas where we just wouldn't have a clue otherwise. But he can come and speak into our lives and guide us so that we can help others so that our lives are changed and transformed. The Holy Spirit wants to be the senior partner in our lives, in our workplace, in our family, in everything that we do. And so we, so often I think it's easy to just underestimate him. It's easy just to think, I can sort that out myself. But instead, the Holy Spirit is there wanting, wishing for you to talk, wishing for you to say, this is going on at work. Holy Spirit, be with me today. Holy Spirit, guide me. Holy Spirit, give me the words to say. Be my senior partner as I go into this meeting that I have. Be my senior partner at home today as I look to be kind to my children. Be my senior partner today as I look to, to speak to my neighbours. Be my senior partner today. In everything that I do, how often do we find ourselves saying it? I think more often than not, we just leave him on standby and carry on with our lives. But the important thing is that if we invite him in, if we allow him to be that senior partner in our lives, then problems no longer disturb your peace. That there's full joy despite hardship that comes. That there is counsel when you don't know what to do. That there is a faithful friend when everyone else abandons you. That the Holy Spirit is there constantly, ready and waiting. And then suddenly, scriptures like 2 Corinthians 4 make sense. It says, we are hard pressed on every side. But because of the Holy Spirit, we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but because of the Holy Spirit, we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but because of the Holy Spirit, we're not abandoned. We're struck down, but because of the Holy Spirit, we're not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus Christ so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed. It's the Holy Spirit that comes and changes what the world throws at us and transforms it into something else. It's the Holy Spirit that comes and brings joy in circumstances that really don't merit it. It's the Holy Spirit that comes and brings wisdom when you just don't know what to do. It's the Holy Spirit who's there to comfort, comfort you in your darkest hour. Richard Wurmbrand was a prisoner in communist Romania for his faith. He was put into solitary confinement. He was tortured and he was in prison for 14 years. And this is, this is a quote by him. 
Is it on the screen? It says, alone in my cell, cold, hungry, and in rags, I danced for joy every night. Sometimes I was so filled with joy that I felt I would burst if I did not give it expression. Everyone else would look at this man and think, what a lunatic. He's in prison. He's been tortured. He's been put in solitary confinement. For four years he was in solitary confinement. His wife was imprisoned. And yet he danced for joy because he felt that he would burst. Nothing but the Holy Spirit moving and working in him can bring that transformation from such a dark place to such a joyful place. If the, scene, if the Holy Spirit is allowed to be the senior partner in your life, then he will guide and counsel you. He will be there. He will never leave you. But you've got to keep asking him. You've got to keep inviting him. You've got to keep getting up and saying, let's go, Holy Spirit, you're on. I've got this coming up. Let's go, Holy Spirit, you're on. Let's go, Holy Spirit, you're on. I don't have the wisdom for this. Let's go, Holy Spirit, you're on. I don't have the knowledge for this. Let's go, Holy Spirit, you're on. I can't preach this message. Let's go, Holy Spirit, you're on. This time with family's been really hard. Let's go, Holy Spirit, you're on. We're struggling in our finances. Let's go, Holy Spirit, you're on. I'm, I'm struggling with my mental health. Take him into everything and everywhere that you go. Invite him in and he will bring the resource and everything that you need to equip you, to help you, so that you can then help others in the world around you. So let's take him into the daily. And you've got to consider in that daily, who is your senior partner? Is it yourself and doing it in your own strength? Is it others? Are you that reliant on other people that you lean on them and hold to them? And I'm not saying that relationships are wrong, but sometimes we lean too hard on others instead of leaning on the Holy Spirit who can scoop you up and set you free. God sent the Holy Spirit to be your senior partner. God sent him to be there daily. He's there to bring regeneration to you. But you've got to surrender yourself to him and have a broken and contrite spirit to allow him in, to say, I can't do it. I need you, Holy Spirit. I need you day by day. Come walk with me. Come be my senior partner. John 14, 16. Jesus said this. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper who will stay with you forever. Jesus' intention was that the Holy Spirit would be there to help you and stay with you forever. And I want to encourage you tonight, take him up on that offer. 
take the senior partner up on that offer of being the senior partner in your life. Take him up on being your helper and staying with you forever. Because I believe when we do, we can go from one state to a whole new state. That the Holy Spirit can take us from a place where we've lived an old and broken life to a life that is new and fresh. Let's look at the next scripture, Baz. 2 Corinthians. It says, anyone who is joined to Christ is a new being. The old is gone. The new has come. And with the Holy Spirit, the old can be washed away. And he can build up in you that new life that God wants to be breathed within you. He is there with power to equip you for breakthrough, to equip you with freedom, to equip you with life. And yet so often as Christians, we live our lives just muddling through each day, just pushing through the hardships, just hoping that we'll get through the other side. And yet the Holy Spirit is there saying, turn me on. I've got the power to set you free. Turn me on. Within me there is the power to build you up. Allow him in this evening. Whether for the first time or many, many times over, he wants to come and fill you afresh. He wants to come and restore within you his rightful place as senior partner. In the big things and in the small things, allow him to empower and equip you. And if we bring him into the daily, it will break those daily struggles you face. Those things that come against you on a daily basis, those things that come to hinder and hurt you on a daily basis, the Holy Spirit will equip you and empower you to break through. But you've got to invite him in and invite him in and invite him in again. I want to read this to you as we conclude. It says, the Holy Spirit unites us to Jesus Christ and to his body. The Spirit reveals Christ to us, gives us his life and makes Christ alive in us. The Spirit takes the experiences of Jesus, his incarnation, ministry, crucifixion, resurrection and ascension and brings them into our own experience. Because of the Holy Spirit, the history of Jesus Christ becomes our story and our experience. If you allow him in, that journey that Jesus took, those things that Jesus broke, what Jesus overcame at the cross as he broke free, where sin and death were destroyed, you can now walk in that because of the Holy Spirit and how he can enable you to live that out. We can now understand and live in that victory. We can live in that breakthrough. We can live in that perseverance to keep going. We can live in that grace and in that mercy. We can live in that joy that comes even in and through the suffering because the Holy Spirit can fill and restore and equip us for everything that life throws at us. God did not leave us 
in this world to face the enemy and to face everything that the world could throw at us alone. He left us equipped with someone to stand with us, to be there, who, is, who understands the power that we have, even if we don't. So allow him into your life. Let him walk with you daily. Let him teach you of God's love. Let him teach you of God's grace. Let him teach you of God's mercy. But more importantly, let him equip you to break through. Let him equip you to be empowered to preach the word. Let him equip you in all that God is calling you to in his plans and purposes for your life. Let's look at Revelation 22 again. It says, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Everyone who hears this must also say, Come. Come, whoever is thirsty. Accept the water of life as a gift. Whoever wants it. I'd like to ask the band to just come and join me. This evening, the Holy Spirit wants to meet with you. And not just for an experience, but wants to minister to you and equip you and restore you and bring healing to you. And as he does that, he doesn't want you to leave him here at the altar, but he wants to go with you into your week, into the next month, into this year and the next this evening make a commitment every morning to get up and say let's go Holy Spirit you're on this evening let's make a commitment to allow him to be the senior partner in our lives not the silent partner that's on standby but the senior partner who speaks and guides and leads us Let's stand. Father God, I thank you for your spirit. Holy Spirit, I just want to say tonight, we're sorry for when we've had you on standby. We're sorry for when we've not listened. And I pray that you would come again and be the senior partner in our lives. Holy Spirit, that you would come and guide us. Holy Spirit, that you would come and minister to us this evening. And Holy Spirit, that you would go with us into our week. I thank you that you are full of all wisdom and everything that we need for right where we're at right now.